Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello and welcome to the first Not Your Mama's News of the new year, 2024. I will be your host this evening, Ashley, Think Change Repeat, and with me, as Kiel would say, a true Sheila from Down Under, Stella Q. How are you, Stella? Promise I'm not fake. <laughs> or gay, <laughs> for that matter. Definitely I'm very not. good. Happy New Year <laughs> to everybody, um, for what it's worth. Sun came up and went down just like every other day, but, you know, <laughs> it's a new calendar. It is a new calendar. New pictures to look at. Yep. And um, maybe a new planner if you have them or, or something like that. New desk yes, calendar. So I, can, I can write all my non-plans on it. <laughs> all my uh, spontaneous events. Right. Or. Never happen. <laughs> hey, what if maybe garden plans? Now, I was just thinking you're yeah. actually heading into the sunset of your gardening season, I guess. Um, because around here it's going to be time soon to start getting your seedlings going. You did see a putty tat. <laughs> um, I thought I saw a putty tat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite over yet. Uh, we could still right. plant and stuff because I'm in a fairly uh, it's a subtropical zone, so oh, it's a fairly okay. long kind of season. I could still put in a few plants that I'm not really meant to right now and probably get away with it. Depends what they do with the weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> that does definitely make a big difference in uh, how we proceed. It surely does. And yes. at the moment we are getting um, warned at for um, more flooding and stuff like that up in the northern rivers here, which is sort of the flood zones from the hammering that the poor, poor people in Queensland have received. So that basically all their flooding's now starting to come down into the northern rivers area. That's why we flood, because it's the Northern Rivers area. <laughs> so the so, um, flooding comes from right. the river? Rivers, yes, quite a, okay. quite a uh, network. Oh. So when Queensland floods, we'll, we'll cop some of the water from them. Mm -hmm. Falls down the hill. I see. Although uh, geographically, I really need to be looking at a map to know what I'm talking about. We're under Queensland, so if we're on a ball... It all goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on a ball, Stella? I don't know, mate. It could be on a triangle. <laughs> I never hear be. anyone bringing up the whole triangular earth issue. What's That's wrong with true. triangles, you shapists? What, what is wrong? They are shapists. And maybe we should start a movement, um, triangle, triangle earth movement. society. Yes, we should. <laughs> we might even be able to get a tax-free status. It'd be the triangular church. Hey, now that's something because um, I'm no fan of taxes, as as you know, and probably everybody here knows. <laughs> oh, I love them. <laughs> I stay under that threshold. Humor for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just work it, baby. I work it. There you go. <laughs> just don't fill it out. <laughs> Hey, They're after me. I keep getting letters. <laughs> it is a silly, uh, there's People a silly meme out there about basically that if you don't do it correctly, then 
you will get arrested, put in jail, whatever. But if you ask them like, oh, so it's just this, it's just that. No, of course, there's a million different rules and regulations. And of course, you're not taught how to do that in school. It's honestly totally insane. I think that probably if people are listening to this, I don't have to tell them that. But I wonder if the average person could could ever just sit down and realize how truly insane taxes and the tax system is. The yes, it's robbery. Wobbery. Die die wobbery. It is wobbery. It is, it is. I mean, people don't think much about it because it's just I mean, look, I can go with the whole argument about um well, if we don't pay taxes, we don't, you know, you use the roads, don't you? You use the bridges. And I'd say, yeah, 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 that's that. Uh, that's what the road taxes stuff is for. What about all the other stuff? <laughs> right. Well, and why, do I, thing- why do I under, like, I probably earn less than these people earn per second in a year. And um, I don't even really generally owe them anything, but I still, you know, you still got to go through the process, which I just, yes. went, nah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, too, is that people are so, uh, they do get very addicted to the roads argument, but honestly, there there would be ways and ways that we may not even consider or think about in a private, you know, in a free market. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Humanity's pretty good at finding a way to do something, to get around something. And I must admit, I mean, human the, the ability of human engineering is, it blows my mind. It's incredible what some of the things that they've managed to pull off. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we could figure it out. I agree with that. And I think that, you know, people love also, they, they think that the government, what, well, what about the roads, the roads, the roads. But as you said, or as we said here, that humans would come up with a way right? Uh, They made roads back in Roman times. So I think that people could figure something out in that regard. And the roads aren't even well cared for. Not in some areas, not unless you've got a a poly living in your street. Yeah, (laughs) Then they're really good. But uh, uh, look, what do you mean a poly? uh, Politician. Oh, (laughs) politician or a council member, which, you know, same, same. Um, We used uh, the place that I used to live in, in Sydney, um, the road was really good lovely curb and guttering and nice footpaths or sidewalks as you folks call them uh nothing to complain about everything worked well in the rain everything you know went in the right places but it was i think it was pretty much yearly might it might have been every couple of years they'd come and resurface it (laughs) it's like what the like why (laughs) why do you do this I think it was probably just to spend money so that they get the same budget next year and all that. Because if they don't spend the money, they don't get their budget is reduced. As far as I understand, I think that's how it works. That's why you see all these unnecessary things being done around the place. That's how it works here, anyway. Um, so yeah, could never figure that one out. And I figured, oh, I must have a council member living down the road. <laughs> yep, that would not surprise me whatsoever. They don't want their cars to get all dinged up. No, or even dirty. God yeah. forbid driving on these raggedy ass roads. Some yeah. of the places with the highest taxes around here in the States have the worst roads. For example, Massachusetts has a very high tax bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, people pay a lot of taxes to live in Massachusetts. The roads are bad. Now, part of that is because of the um, 
the winter weather because you mm-hmm. have a ton of freezing and snow, stuff right. like that. That's good. And then the salt and scraping and all that stuff mm-hmm. with the roads. Understandable. That's probably the excuse, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, but, you know, you'd think in this day and age, if, if they've put a man on the moon, you reckon they could come up with a better road? <laughs> you would think. Slap well, in a tinfoil they... down or something. Yeah. Wrap it in, wrap it in foil. <laughs> it's like they did with the lunar landing thingy. Yeah, that totally, totally, definitely happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you question it. Don't question it. <laughs> Do not. So, what yeah. did you get up to? Uh, oh, you've been not well, so you probably didn't get up to very much at all for the New Year sort of events. Yeah, I, period. I did not. So we did travel for the holiday um, and visited family, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I, we ended up getting sick and I got sick on Christmas Day, like mm. that night. And so basically I, after that, I just have been at home. The whole time just trying when to you say uh, I'm sorry when you say uh, traveling are you talking about in your car or in a plane or what just tra- driving so our family right, okay. lives a couple hours away so we drove and ended up staying with someone a couple nights like the night before Christmas Eve Christmas Eve night and then mm-hmm. we traveled to other family uh, within that area on Christmas Day and then I felt so normally I will get a lot of anxiety before the holiday and mm-hmm. dreading and this kind of stuff. Yep. I didn't do that as much this year, even though I was really busy. Um, but I just kind of was like, you know what? It's going to work out. And it did work out. But mm. I didn't carry the dread and the, you know, all of this. Anticipation. Baggage, yes. The anticipation, all that stuff with me. And I just was like, we're just going to go and we'll, we're going to do the thing. So we did, and for the most part, it went really well. And um, but on Christmas night, we were going to some friend's house, and I was really looking forward to that because finally, you know, you're done with all the family stuff. Now you can just kick back, relax, yeah. sleep in the next day, have some coffee. <laughs> and of course, that is not what ended up happening. And I just was violently ill, like shaking. I got so cold. That I literally was like movie shivering. Yeah, wow. Um, and so needless to say, I did not have coffee with our friends. And I just felt like I was going to die on the, on the trial. Mm. <laughs> and um, but So it's pretty, pretty severe and heavy. But- yeah, it was the flu, I think. And I, um, a lot of people in this area ended up getting the flu over the holiday. I mean, it was that- incredibly widespread. Yes, that's where I was sort of wanted to get eventually with this issue. Um, there has been some speculation and many people talking since many more people are waking up to things like weather manipulation, etc., or <laughs> weather manipulation or what they're spraying. Nobody knows. If there wasn't so much secrecy, there would be less speculation. So come on, come out and just tell us, which they do actually. You've just got to go digging. Regardless, um, whether they're spraying stuff to make things better <laughs> or worse, we don't know. So is there – there was some sort of theme about possible they sprayed us and that's why everyone's getting sick because there seem to be a lot of people sick. Yeah, that's what my husband and I talked about was that um, – and I think actually he – now, he's not a normie, uh, so 
I don't mean it like that, but he also mm-hmm. isn't as into this kind of stuff as I am. It's just not his thing. Although he basically, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he gets it. Um, yeah. But he, he brought it up first, but I absolutely think that they sprayed us with something. Now I was in discussion with some other people and one of the gals was like, yeah, but you know, I have people over on the West coast that are sick too. It's cold and flu season. And I said, I agree, but I'm going to tell you that this is why it was weird for me this year. I, and part of this could be wrong because of just what I was, the study that I did during the COVID times, but basically in an illness, you normally will have an incubation period of three to five days. And that normally tracks if you pay attention to people being around when other people start getting sick, usually about three to five days. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, in this case, now part of me wondered if there was exposure just everywhere and people ended up getting sick at the same time, coincidentally. Mm. But I was as of, let's see, I was around children that were not feeling their best on the evening of the 23rd. Right. But I, even before that, I felt not sick, but just like, eh, I don't know if I feel that great. Could yeah, I be right, down right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't have any symptoms or anything like that. And I had normal appetite and normal energy and all that stuff. I wasn't sleeping well because I was traveling. But so then the kids were starting to feel a little puny by the morning of the 24th and the evening of the 24th. Then by the night of the 25th, that's when I was sick. And that's also when another family member got very sick was that night of the 24th. And they only were exposed to the kids on, or excuse me, the night of the 25th, but they only saw them on the 24th for a few hours. Then another family member who was around the kids and me, you know, I'm not, I don't want to just blame the kids who knows, but then it took them a couple days more. But I just thought if I was getting sick from being around the kids, but I only saw them on the first time on the evening of the 23rd mm-hmm. and by the 25th, it hit me like a truck. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that was a really fast incubation period. If that was truly where we ended up getting it. Um, I have no idea, but I also looked into the, you know, believe who knows what to believe, but uh, apparently part of the, the symptoms of the flu is that you don't, you have a very sudden onset. Like you feel, eh, not that great, but bam, then you're, you're laid out real quick, right? Really go quick, down yeah. fast, mm. very fast. Yeah. So it was really interesting, but I thought the super fast incubation period, if that's what it was, seemed odd to me this, this time. Do you do you remember having the normal flu before 2020, which is probably what this is? But regardless, uh, do you? I mean, because what where I'm going with this is, um, you know, this the power of suggestion. Mm-hmm. So, if people think there's a worse flu out there that's bioengineered, and like I'm, I haven't got any decisions fully on this because let's face it, no one knows. Um, but my thoughts are that if there is an engineered flu out there that what, what I'm asking is, do you think this was any different to any other flus that you've had in the past? Because it sort of sounds, you know, like a flu. 
Um, yeah. And I do remember you don't you do go down pretty fast with flu. But I'm just wondering, since 2020, are we all sort of kind of programmed to think, oh no, this is so much worse? Uh, is it worse, or are we just believing that it's worse? That's where I'm. That's the yep. question I'm asking. That's a great question, and I'll tell you that I have an excellent reference point. So I'm mm-hmm. the perfect person to talk to about this because awesome. when um, back in <laughs> I referred to as the flu of '09 for me. <laughs> okay. But basically, most of us I, had a financial crash, but you had the flu. <laughs> I had a flu crash and it was dreadful. I was literally green. I was the color of this gal, the not your mama's news lady, of her legs. All right. Bottom okay. of the legs. I was green. Aqua. Uh, so, seafoam. That was what I was going for. Um, but basically I remember it very well because it was a significant illness. So I had, it was right around the holidays. It was Thanksgiving. I was around people, Mm. felt fine, but tired. Then by the time I got home that evening, I was extremely sick and it hit me very fast and the flu or the symptoms were very similar in a way of this time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Some of the symptoms were a little bit different, but the sudden onset, all the things, it was the flu. And so it was not like, this wasn't worse than that. This wasn't better than that, but that was the sickest I've ever been in my life. And I thought I was going to die. Okay. I was just looking that up because I'm thinking, Hmm, 2009, what was that? That, that was a swine flu. pandemic. Um, I think that's what I'm looking up now. It's saying 2009 swine flu I thought pandemic. I was 12, but it could have been. But I, I was very sick that year. Um, and I wasn't worried about, I was not worried about swine flu or anything um, mm-hmm. at that time or really worried about right. it. Right. But you remember it as a particularly bad flu. So therefore, I suppose that sort of is answering my question from your point of view, um, that maybe these flus are a little bit different in the sense that they're worse than your, do you think you might've had flu in between 2009 and now? Yeah, probably yeah. so. I, okay. and I had even heard that you can expect to get a really bad flu about every 10 years, which would, if that's accurate, then. Is um, that Fauci that said that? No, I don't even know where yeah, it could have been. Just, to get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if so, then that would track because I was very, very ill. Now here's the thing. If it depends on what we think that it is, because if we think that we're detoxing based on being around other people, mm. it, you know, if we're as in at, as in no virus theory, correct, as mm. in terrain theory, but also you the body is stimulated into detoxing based on others that are detoxing. Yes, 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 like then, a like a shedding thing. Exactly, or like this is the way that I think about it, like a yawn. Right? Like a sympathy detox, exactly. like like a sympathy pregnancy um, yes. thing that sometimes yeah. men get morning sickness, apparently. Well, <laughs> I've never seen it is, myself. But. The thing is, is if you, if women's menstrual cycles sink after mm. being together, then we, that's not something that you can smell, see anything like that. But we know that that does happen. So that has to be through an exchange of pheromones and hormones and stuff like that. And then we have the sympathy response, as we're talking about with maybe with morning sickness, but definitely humans yawning. 
So then how could we say that detoxing like a flu, if we want to consider other theories besides virus theory, couldn't be what is happening, you know, mm. that I I'm around people that are detoxing. And so my body is also prompted to detox. Um, it's something to ponder. It's definitely yeah. something to ponder. Uh, we've lost yeah. a few viewers, so maybe we might move on away from the uh, terrain theory. Because, yeah, I'm still a little bit on the fence for it with it, but. Um, sure. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm, I don't I'm, think... I'm heading more and more towards terrain theory. The more I hear and read about it, it makes so much more sense. So, yeah. and, and I think it is also uh, possibly a really good cover for some other things, you know, putting my suspicious hat back on again. Um, it is. It is a perfect little cover for a whole bunch of other things, like they have alluded to the possible 1918 pandemic that they wrongly called the Spanish flu, um, was possibly due to also at the same time, you know, radio towers, et cetera, were turned on mm. for communications. Um, so yeah. who knows? And then the, you know, the pneumonia, pneumonia, pneumonial, is that a word? <laughs> pneumonial bacteria um, that created a lot of the, um, well, the bacteria that created a lot of the secondary pneumonia and that was created from the mask wearing. So. From the dirty mask, yeah. And there's also anyway, who knows? Uh, some indication that potentially there was actually the Kansas flu and that that was a bioweapon as well. Mm. So who, who does know? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that viruses don't exist. I'm saying that there's a lot of food for thought out there to consider that the narrative that we've been told is probably not true and that there's, there's other stuff to consider. Absolutely. And I mean, it's just, it's just normal science, isn't it? We don't understand everything. We have to allow um, ourselves to be teachable, which people like Fauci obviously don't because he is the, the science. science. <laughs> <laughs> Away. All right. Uh, what um, have we got with news? What are we doing with the news? And I did want to say really quickly that Stu said uh, hello to Stu in the chat. Hey, Stu. And he said, talking about yawning made me yawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he kind of warms to terrain theory as well. Yeah, I mm. think it's food for thought, you know. I'm not telling you what to think. worth considering for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything now is worth double Check just double checking, you know, like yeah. all these things we've just and myself included, we've just all been skipping along, living life, and oh yeah, this and that and that. And it's like, well, no, actually, most of what they've told us is crap, as we know. I mean, echo exactly. chamber, but um, we just really have to shift our thinking. I think is the best way to put it is just be more open to asking questions, double thinking, everything, everything. Yeah. That's that. I like that. And the way that I consider it for myself is that I call it being open to having your paradigm shifted. If you're somebody that truly cares about the truth and finding out what is, you know, what's the actual reality, then I think that we need to understand that almost everything that we have been told, and it can happen in a really short amount of time. We saw what transpired in um, 2020. And beyond that, they literally were changing the definition of things. They were fiddling yeah. with statistics. They were reporting the news based on that, all to create, as Stella has said, to create the history books of what actually happened. But we know that that's not true. So the history books are going to say that. Oh, go ahead, Stella. Oh, no, sorry. You continue. Okay. Uh, that 7 million people died from COVID. But we know that that isn't true. So mm -hmm. we know that the flu didn't exist that year. Per their numbers, 
We know mm. that hospital protocol was very dangerous and uh, killed people with remdesivir and ventilators. We know that the tests could be fiddled with from the PCR tests to just the at-home tests being unreliable as well. So there's a lot of factors that, um, and we know that they deliberately try to make the numbers look higher to begin with. And mm. they called anything they could COVID. So, you, so the history will reflect that 7,000, or excuse me, 7 million people died from it, but, but that's not accurate. So if we know that they did it, that then, then what else did they do that with? And if they've been lying to us about medical interventions from the get-go, then I think you have to just think that almost everything that's been discussed from a, a top-down approach on medical issues, it needs to be reconsidered. Yeah, well, I mean, just think if they're, if they're game enough to just change right in front of our faces, change the definitions of words so that the they can twist things to suit a certain agenda. I mean, this is happening right in front of our faces. It right blows my mind. Yep. But so then, you know, if we've seen that, then how much more are they going to change history? Um, so this is this is the new the, the other thing that we've got to consider is that history is a complete lie. And you know, we've we've been through this a fair amount of times. Sure. You know, look at old books, etc. Try to grab some old books pre nineteen twenty, preferably. Um, so. Yeah, how much more are they just uh, – the whole thing is about fooling the masses. I mean, at the moment, uh, I've just been chatting in um, – I'm doing a couple of clips from the Tavistock Institute book that uh, Jonathan uh, – not Jonathan Coleman. What's his name? Bloody oh, – just left my mind now. Coleman, anyway. I can't remember his first name. Uh, there's, I'm only about a third of the way through it, but, um, it's something I've been meaning to do for ages is sit down and read that whole thing or listen to it. I'm listening to it. It's an AI voice, so it's, it, but it's bearable. It's actually not a bad AI voice. Um, but I do highly recommend that you listen to that because it's on YouTube in an audio version, um, because it really truly does fully explain <laughs> exactly what is going on right now and their tactics it's like if you want to know your enemy go and listen to that or read the book if you want to whatever just make sure you do it because it just explains so much um i mean you've probably heard tidbits here and there or the tavistock institute did this and they did that and that but when you hear it in the sequence like the timeline it all makes complete sense if you want to know who they are if anyone says who are they give them that but then they're going to look at it and go that's six hours but then you have to explain to them, okay, well, listen to it over a week, buddy. You know, like <laughs> think about it. Like you sit down and watch a two-hour movie without thinking twice. So sit down and watch a two-hour version of this three times sure. this week. Yeah, like, and uh, <laughs> speed it up. Listen on, um, you know, one and a half speed. Well, yeah, I, I this particular, unless you can find someone else doing a nice audio version of it, like maybe an organic voice would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular AI is like, I can't even really speed it up because, I mean, you can, you can speed it up, but then you miss, it's so involved. Like you've got to really take in what they're saying to really fully understand it. There's no point in sitting down and just because you miss, <laughs> you know, I mean, some things are, that's totally fine to do that. But um, with this, this is really, really important. Like this is foundational root stuff. So uh, it's really worth taking in the information and you know rewinding if you miss something rewind it listen to it again really look stop look up that person look up that company whatever um 
I, I fully, fully um, invite people to do that. Turn freaking Netflix off and <laughs> and put YouTube on. Oh, brilliant. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Spend your time listening to something that's going to teach you something worthwhile and make yeah. you wiser, you know. Right, yes, that's and it's something that uh, that is educating and edifying as opposed to a time liability, as uh, Richard Grove calls them. Uh, yeah, I just that say, time liability. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah. And also, even worse, being actually programmed. Because that's what it's all about. They are programming. That Everything you yes. watch on Netflix is about being programmed and you're paying for it. Yeah, and you're, it's been Netflix, shown, et cetera, shown you Netflix. for a reason, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into something a little bit later that might talk about another aspect of that as well. Yes. Yeah, but in the meantime... So uh, collecting unfiltered news tube service said a lot of chemtrails, record oh, heat, oh. no snow, a lot of sneezing, COVID tests, best excuse for being hungover. <laughs> now, mm. I will say that COVID tests, I also didn't trust them, uh, particularly the PCR. What are they sticking up your nose? Maybe nothing, but maybe exactly. something. Yep. Drew says, Drew missing the point. 2019 to 2020 convict deaths was 331, almost 332,000 deaths. So if we take out all the funny numbers and dangerous treatment protocols, we can still hypothesize that a more dangerous flu was released. Now that I will buy that the flu was fiddled with and then it was yeah. greatly exaggerated. Yes, 100%. I'm pretty much leaning towards that too. So, yeah, maybe a bioengineered thing or whatever because yeah. I did have it twice and, yes, like you said, it was like it you really felt like you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't and felt that. I've only felt that two or three times in my life, but um, this not, not definitely not from a flu. So this one was like, yeah, there was something different a little bit yeah. about it. And definitely. I will say that I, even though it wasn't as severe as this most recent time, I've been sick several times now. So I was working with the general public um, and I was not fearful. Uh during yeah. the whole, yeah. once things opened back up, right? And then we saw the release of a medical intervention. Since that time, I've been sick probably four times. Right. So I, but like I said, I mean, they haven't been that severe, but I still felt like I, I don't understand why I worked all this time. And I didn't get sick. And now I've been getting sick. Now, part of it could be, you know, some of my own dietary stuff. Like maybe I'm having too many polyunsaturated fats and things like that. But uh, I still think it's weird. Oh, totally. It's Everything's weird. So it all fits in very nicely. It's We're yeah. doing this big weird puzzle <laughs> right yes, now. Yes, we are. <laughs> you pass me that weird piece over there, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, no, that one doesn't quite fit. So we just have to keep looking. <laughs> just hold on to it for later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll start with the corner bits. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, dear. dear. All righty. Well, yeah, so that's an interesting conversation for sure. And if anybody uh, does have other feedback as far as their own personal experience of this particular flu season, um, you know, reach out, share, send us a message. I'd be curious to see what what your experience was or even comment on um on our videos here yes and you can find us 
How can they contact us? I mean, we may as well do a little uh, little promo <laughs> mid-show here. How can they sure. contact us, Ashley? Well, Stella, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so they can visit our link tree as, as on our little scroll here at unionoftheunknowns.com. And that has all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. You can email us. Of course, you can comment on any of our videos. We're streaming uh, Not Your Mom's News. We stream it live on Twitter. No, not Twitter. On YouTube, Rumble and Rockfin. And um, you can also reach me over um, on the unknowns Twitter handle at Union Unknowns over on X Twitter, <laughs> as uh, Drizzle calls it. Yeah, X Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. So like yeah, feel free to reach out to us, email us your... Yeah, please do. Um, please do. Oh my gosh. Collecting unfiltered news. You're, you're too much. You're too much. <laughs> I only just found out what that actually really is a few months ago. <laughs> I didn't realize it was all just that. I thought it was like just interesting things. <laughs> and no, right. it's not. It's not. <laughs> only fans is very adult content. I wish I had nicer feet. I could probably make a living. <laughs> Maybe I could put Stumpy on there. Could I put a Stumpy only fans? You could try. It wouldn't it's, hurt. Stumpy is my lizard friend. <laughs> the only one that still talks to me. <laughs> All well, right. So, uh, you know, and we've been concerned since Stella's talking to the lizards, but we do like Stumpy anyway. So, yes, just keep an eye on me, will you? If I'm gone mm. for longer than 24 hours, <laughs> or if you feel like you've lost a great deal of blood, let us know. He's uh, shedding at the moment. So, um, I think uh, I'm creating a humongous super lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Because he only shedded fairly recently, so should that have happened thinking. again? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe anyway. Stu would know uh, because Stu, well, he has some snake experience. I don't know about lizard experience, but he may have an idea on that. It's funny. I've got this photo of, of the lizard with his, just his back leg is sort of, that's the only bit that's new, and you can see the skin is sort of working its way up the leg, so that's like the first bit. And it's sort of like the opposite of socks. It's really strange. <laughs> oh, uh, Drew mm. did say that um, Klaus Schwab is also shedding. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Well, it must be the shedding time of year, I guess, for the uh, yeah. lizard people. And Hillary is also. <laughs> She's yeah, the she biggest has... lizard of all. She has to take that skin off her face. Yes, she does. <laughs> Keep it moisturized. Well. Frazzle something. Anyway, um, <laughs> is that, <laughs> do we have a story? Who would like we, to start? We do all have, you people. <laughs> we do have a story. I was thinking that uh, why don't we go over your story? Uh, right. if, if you're ready, I've got it queued up. So let me know when you want me to roll that footage. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it because it's fairly self-explanatory. I was just going to suggest one thing later to keep an eye on. So let's just roll it. It's pretty short. You can do 1.25 pretty easily. Perfect. <clears throat> <laughs> Snap. We cleared our throats at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I normally try to not do that on air, but I was um, distracted. And, and I have I... no excuse. I am going to make an excuse that my brain is fried from fever. How's that? Will uh, you buy I, that? Yes, I will. My brain's fried from, I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> okay. 
All right, Alrighty. let's uh, have a look at this uh, Outback train crash. Another way to look at smashed avocados. Yeah, and uh, let me know. Make sure you can hear all that good stuff, And um, but I'm going to roll it. Trapped beneath this chaotic, mangled mess, two victims of a collision with brutal force. Police will allege a 75-year-old Queenslander caused this disaster when his truck crossed into the train path on the barrier highway, 100 kilometres from Broken Hill. The crash killing 57-year-old grandfather, Kevin Baker. His sister, Wendy, telling 7 News, we are gutted by his loss. Also killed his Port Augusta colleague, 48-year-old Mick Warren, buried together under the wreckage. Police from South Australia and New South Wales combined as major crash investigators scoured the scene. Transport safety authorities are also working out how the crash could have happened. The crossing is signposted, has warning signals and a clear line of sight to oncoming trains. If the lights are flashing, you don't even think about crossing the rail line. The impact of this collision was so great, police say the road surface was damaged and needed to be ticked off by safety inspectors before reopening. The barrier highway remains closed um, and it will do for some time. It's a complex scene. It's already been blocked for more than 30 hours, shutting Broken Hill's quickest route to Adelaide. Drivers instead have to travel via Mildura, adding nearly two hours to the trip. The train's operator, Pacific National, released a statement saying it is an extremely difficult time and that the entire organisation is devastated by this tragic collision. Over 15 million crossings a year and almost no incidents, that tells you that the great bulk of drivers get this right all the time. The truck driver's facing two counts of death by dangerous driving and will face court in Port Pirie tomorrow. Tom Johnson, 7 News. Yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's terrible. That's awful and tragic and I, my heart goes out to the family of the train drivers, of course. Yeah. I just I find it a little bit strange, though, because it's like <laughs> that's out in the middle of nowhere. Um Okay, so I'll just say it. I'll just lay it on the table. Where I'm going with this is I'm just going to keep an eye on it because that looks a little bit like a bit of a dis disruption to, you know, supply chain, like the beginnings of, if you know what I mean. I'd love to hear what you've got to say about this, Drew, if you have any thoughts uh, about this. Um, because, yeah, I mean, this is like a way out in the outback. Uh, the visibility is high. You can see what's coming. The lights to stop people going across the rail start well and truly in time it just seems a little bit strange to me um it's it also a miracle that that truck, truck driver survived but whatever he's getting the blame for this right so he's been charged apparently i i don't know it just something's not sitting right with me um so i'm just going to keep an eye on that and just see what the uh Insurance fraud, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I did notice a lot of Lynn Fox there, Lindsay Fox's uh, train carriages and things in the background, which is a business, a transport business, very, very large one. Um, I don't know whether. Anyway, I'm just, all I wanted to do was put it on the radar, really. I don't really have a, um, a uh, full-on opinion about it at this point. But let's just see what Drew's got to say here. Oh, <laughs> you got that at the same time I did. Okay, Drew says, I've been telling people for years that avocado is dangerous. <laughs> it wants you off with its bad taste. The yuppies will be paying an extra 20 bucks for their smashed avo, avo toast. Yeah, I thought about that too. There's going to be an avocado shortage. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I could be way off. It could be just, you know, a simple innocent accident. There's always that possibility. I'm just going to watch the supply chain thing and see if things start happening a lot around the place. Maybe they already are and I just haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, 
So also collecting unfiltered news tube service says, remember that chemical spill train stuff that was ready. Uh, that's part of what I thought about as well was, you know, sort of an overlap, not that you had the whole mass hysteria over the poisoning that uh, East Palestine saw, but there was a time whenever train derailments were really in the news all the time. Yes, here, I know. Well, last year was, you could almost say 2023 was the year of train derailments or was it 2022? I don't know. Time's just going so fast, isn't it? 2023, I think, but yes. I, Ohio was, I think, about February, March last year yeah. so yes and didn't that kind of disappear I don't, i'm sure it didn't for the ohio residents but it comes and goes so fast you know there's, yeah. not, there's generally never a follow-up too much and the follow-ups are usually within our community um, right you know just sort of pointing out all the weird things that are going on yeah so drew says if the foxes are connected it's something to keep an eye on i i, I agree too i thought that was a little weird that you know i i guess primarily you know most of these things are lindsay fox stuff but um Yes. Something to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, Manufacturing Reality, Drizzle says, trains derail every day. The media only tells you about it when it fits their agenda. True. Uh, 100%. True. So because it was brought to light during this whole thing with the train derailment in East Palestine that this was, it seemed like a really big deal. But then if you started looking at it, there was a lot of train derailments every year. It's actually kind of a commonplace, yes. although not to that extent. But I do think that whenever you see something like that, almost as a theme, then we do have to wonder, is it a message? Was it truly just an accident? Well, it's in the news. Maybe. So there's a reason for it. Exactly. There's no other reason we'd be seeing it exactly as as, um, Chisel points out. And um, it it was shocking to me to find out how many actually do occur on a you know, daily, weekly, whatever basis. Right. It's a lot. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah. And um, I think that one probably made the news, A, because it fits the narrative, and B, they were trying to show us some things, and C, there was all that massive chemical spill, which was very, very bad. Yeah. But there was lots of chemical spills in other train smashes as well, but that one was particularly bad. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I was going to say about this too, I do think that food supply is under fire. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like that has certainly been something that a lot of people in the truth community have been aware of, especially since COVID times, it's really come to the forefront and it has been stuff like that. So my other thought was seeing the railroad crash. Well, even if that particular thing wasn't the thing, what did he say? He said, it's been shut down now for, it will be for at least a week. So that means that other yeah. traffic that should be going there, it's going to be causing a log jam. Exactly. That's sort of what, yeah, that that's really the thing. It's like, as I said, they've got to go now traffic, which includes trucks with supplies, now have to go via Mildura, which is another two hours out of that mm-hmm. extremely long trip anyway, which is just a horror show. So, I mean, that's the only, it also points out the fact that, well, there's the only road there, you know, is that a great idea? Um, do we need right. more infrastructure perhaps? I don't know, whatever. But, I mean, yep. it's the outback. You, you wouldn't think that you'd need <laughs> too much more than one or two link roads. But Right. Um, and there's so, a lot of yeah, other things that happen like that in the States. For example, uh, very important bridges just happen to be 
failing in the last two years, or there was um, not enough water in like the Panama Canal or something that ended up happening with the big ships in Panama Canal. Oh, all of a sudden they're just jammed up. So it's, it's definitely a theme. Oh, it definitely is. Yes. Yes. The whole infrastructure breakdown sort of thing. I mean, they have to break everything down so that they can build back better and come in with their resolutions and their solutions. So we all know the story. That's the playbook. It's just, we got to sit here and watch it all. Yeah. When you know, um, you know. <laughs> yep. But I do think that it's worthwhile to keep an eye on because this could be, you know, this type of theme coming back, making a resurgence. It was sort of out of the news for a while and it comes back whenever, mm. uh, as Drizzle's saying, whenever it's convenient and whenever they yep. want it. And they like to play cat and mouse, you know, cat with the rat on the mat sort of thing. They like to, you know, worry us and then let us, you know, get the lull for a while and then come back. It's just a wavy cycle thing. That's what they do because that's the control that they have. So it's sort of like I was only thinking this morning, you know, it's like I went out in 2020, you know, we we stocked up with a lot of stuff. I've mentioned this before. We stocked up with quite a few things and now we've got the problem of I've got to get through all this stuff before it goes out of date, which already is out of date. A lot of it's a year old, but that doesn't matter a lot of the time. Right. You know, some of those use-by dates are just crap anyway. But then I was just thinking this morning, oh, God, do we have to start stocking up a little bit again? Because, you know, we're sort of getting a little bit now towards the thinner end of what we had stocked. It's like, mm, should we be doing this again? And I don't want to get trapped again. But, yeah, no, it's this uncertainty, which is the whole point of it. Yeah. But it still affects you, even though you know about it. It's the sat- uncertainty. It's hard to plan. It's hard to just feel okay <laughs> and relaxed. Yeah, um, and I think fully, 100%. Point. Yeah, they want mm. people to have a feeling of unease, uh, certainly, and, and uncertainty, you know. Yes, and I yes. think that if you can keep people with this low-level feeling of unease and uncertainty and to a greater extent with some people fearful, um, then you really have the ability to control. They'll believe anything. For example, that today. That is the stock playbook. In my neighborhood, I was walking my dogs and I saw two people that crossed the sidewalk so they didn't have to walk past me and they were wearing masks outside on a cool, crisp, clear December day, January now, but you get my drift. There's no reason for you. I mean, it's a whole, it is a whole thing, but how can you possibly still think that wearing a mask outside is beneficial to you. Yep, got to keep point. them in fear. That makes them pliable. Yeah. That's how Tavistock yeah. work. That's how propaganda works. Um, yeah. So you'll probably find, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? It's sort of like the, the climate change thing is all about carbon dioxide levels. And what do we breathe out? Carbon dioxide levels. So it's almost like the whole thing is all just mishmashed. You know, it's I bet those so people stupid. are right on the on board with the climate change thing too. It's like, oh, don't I you breathe your carbon dioxide on me, woman? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was it Kill that was saying that it's basically a MAGA flag for the other side if you're if you're wearing a mask these days. I don't know. Yeah, um, pretty much. But it's it's so silly. And I was actually talking to my mom on the phone at the time, and I was like, so let's just think about it from a, just a small little logical sample, right? You have the mask on your face. When you take the mask off, when you take the mask off, 
Did you just fully wash and sanitize your hands? And even if you did, did you put it in a pocket, a coat pocket, perhaps? Is your coat pocket sanitized? Could you mm -hmm. have surgery in your coat pocket? No. Okay, so let's say that you want to put it in a sanitized Ziploc bag. Okay, well, let's look at the logical question there. When you were going into your pantry or your cabinet or whatever to get your Ziploc bag, did you wash your hands before <laughs> yeah. that? And then did you sanitize the door handle? And then did you sanitize the cardboard box? Yeah, and then exactly. your, you know, then your hand was sanitized, or is it a little bit contaminated from the the, the Clorox wipe? And yeah. then you put it in your coat pocket. Well, your coat pocket's not sanitized because you couldn't have surgery in your coat pocket. So, but but the, and that's just one little sample. One yeah, little tiny, tiny, tiny sample. Little bit of logic there that you're just complicating everything with. Yeah, and but oh, I remember, that's I remember, the thing. It doesn't I matter. In the, <clears throat> sorry, I remember in the early days when um, Propaganda Report was still Monica and Brad, and and um, uh, Brad was talking about how you know, he had to sort of fumble around, you know, to to get by in certain situations. He you know he had to wear the mask, mask or whatever, and. You know, so one day he was in his car. It's like, oh, I haven't got one. There was a, you know, used one in the back seat on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Brad. Um, oh. He just whacked that on his face so that he could, you know, it was just the, uh, it was only the irony does not need to be explained to any of right. the listeners. I understand right. this, but it's still funny. It is funny because it was about showing, it was the religious talisman, if you will. Yes, mm. I submit to your religion. That's what that was yes, about. Exactly. It's a submission. Yeah. So Badge. anyway, crazy times. Um, but Drizzle <laughs> said uncertainty generates anxiety. Anxiety can be leveraged. Yes. Yeah, that's 100%. right. And keep us in those low frequencies like fear and anxiety and yeah. uncertainty and all that. Yep, for sure. Makes us pliable. Yes. Makes people look for a leader instead of looking in within for their own leadership. Yes. Now, I have just a really quick little thing. I don't even want to get, because we've actually talked a lot. And um, we, we, yeah. So maybe one more topic that we want to touch base on before we head out. But uh, you may remember me talking about the, <laughs> the president at Harvard that was causing such a controversy because she was being, um, she was in a congressional testimony and oh, yeah, yeah. her <laughs> comments were considered highly anti-Semitic and, and the board at Harvard was standing by her and it ended up costing the school like a billion dollars in donations, Ooh. which I thought was very hilarious. So um, her name was Claudine Gay. So she ended up, announcing her resignation uh, following anti-Semitic remarks made during testimony and accusations of plagiarism. So the replacement, this is interesting. It's a two, it's a two pronged interesting thing, right? Or maybe even three. So the title here is that Harvard appoints Alan Garber as a new interim president after he was seen nodding in approval during Claudine Gay's anti-Semitism testimony that led to her ousting. Mm -hmm. So point number one that's interesting is that Garber, a physician and economist, was instrumental in helping guide the school through the COVID-19 pandemic. Garber Good served as Harvard's <laughs> provost since 2011. Yeah, I was, and here's the thing is, what do you mean guiding the school 
yeah. the pandemic. Everything I know these stupid the exact, statements. They did the exact same thing. It yeah. was the over the top, push mask, 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 distancing, lockdowns, and get your shots. That was yeah. it. So stop yeah. acting like they did anything special. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. What I looked up when I saw this person was the Wikipedia page because I was curious about the ancestry of this particular individual. But it says it right here in the title. Garber, who was born to a conservative Jewish family, was sitting behind Gay nodding in approval. So I thought that that was very, very interesting. So this particular article from the Daily Mail is is making it sound like he's approving of somebody who's an anti-Semite, yet it's also saying that he was born in a conservative Jewish family. And then it, when you go to his early life on Wiki, it said that he was born in 1955 to Harry and Jean Garber in a Jewish family. So I don't really understand the, you know, what are you trying to do here? I don't understand that. And also the reason that I ended up looking into this to begin with, because I was like, hmm, so if she ended up getting ousted truly or resigning, whatever ended up happening there, then does that mean that they were going to put somebody in that position who had a Jewish background to try to, to ease the, the gap or the bridge of the people who have been really, really angry about this whole situation? So I checked it. Turns out he is of Jewish heritage. Uh, so I thought that that was very interesting, mm. but those are my, my three things that I, first of all, that he was nodding in approval that he's Jewish and that he was at the helm during COVID. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's quite possible that she was set up to fall so that he could get his feet in there. It's like, I mean, she was the, the token black woman, so she played her part basically. They sure. They put her in there and... Can I say this? I don't care. I'm saying it. So they put her in there and um, she's done that bit now and now they need him there. So like he was probably nodding in approval. Good girl. You you remembered that script well. Hmm, well done. Right. <laughs> sure. So I don't know. But uh, that's sure what it sounds like to me because, I mean, again, going back to the Tavistock thing, it's it's obvious. We don't need Klaus Schwab to stand up there and say, we have infiltrated the cabinets because Tavistock actually said it long before he did. And uh, it's it's out there. <laughs> the yeah. methodology is out there for us to read and listen to, um, and then we would understand more what's going on uh, because it's exactly the playbook. So yeah. I just think, yeah, it's just a swapping of the, you know, maybe the knight took a pawn or whatever, you know. <laughs> yep, I definitely agree with that. I don't, I don't think anything is going to change. For sure, but I just thought it was interesting. And of course, there are people who are making it sound like it, you know, it's like some sort of racist something or other. And I'm like, you, you know, even when the even when the left or the progressives are eating themselves, it's not that satisfying because they don't get it. You know, that's part of the, yeah. the fun um, to have it this ideology. Yeah, yeah. If, if they're gonna eat each other in a metaphorical sense, then the only way it's going to be satisfying for me is if somebody faces natural consequences, but that never happens lot, you know, and no, nobody ever wakes up to the fact that the whole, all of this stuff is absolute nonsense and that they've been basically pushing a cause that 
there is no logical consistency here whatsoever. Like they never wake up. So it's just not that satisfying. Yeah, we're up to that bit now where there's, you know, lots and lots of um, uh, inquiries and, um, well, there's a few other words. But, uh, yeah, you know, all these Polly's standing up questioning people in hearings and things. And it's like nothing's going to happen. It's all just, you know, let's con- let we're up to this chapter now, basically. So we're right. going to see a lot, a lot of that. We already are. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of it. Stuff all's going to happen. If anything does happen, it's just a play. Somebody goes to court, they get questioned a bit, they get the slap on the wrist or they supposedly go to jail, which <laughs> is questionable. Um, right. We know how it goes now, I think. Yeah, it's definitely just a show. Um, and Drew said the greatest anti-Semites are those who proclaim to be Jews. Now, yes, I, they are. They, they, they created anti-Semitism to cover their tracks. Right. So my question is, the are you talking about like this guy at Harvard and do you think he's a real anti-Semite or do you mean that he's, um, you know, asking Drew? Yeah. Right. Drew. But I mean, feel free to chime in. I just think it's an interesting uh, discussion to be had in general because it's so thematic right now in our faces, but the seeds Mm -hmm. of, of bringing back anti-Semitism as a huge issue have been being sown for quite a while, obviously, you know, and here's another one that really gets my goat. They love to say that Trump is anti-Semitic. Okay. How, (laughs) how is he anti-Semitic in any way, shape or form? His son-in-law literally is Jared Kushner, Jared Kushner, who is uh, like very into the faith is my understanding. His daughter, um, converted to Judaism. We know that she's his favorite child and he's also been seen at the Wailing Wall and he's supporting what's he's supporting Israel as we speak. Now I'm not yeah, saying as, as that, just about every president has. Sure. Into the sure. Yeah. Uh, they all have. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that supporting Israel actually means that you support Jewish people or anything like that. I get that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying if you are proclaiming, in today's clown world, that's what you would say to say, look, see how much I love Jewish people. Um, so the the, the anti Semitism claim has just lost any sort of sway. It's just like racism. Mm. Uh, when everything's anti Semitic, nothing is. When everything's racist, nothing is. When everything's sexist, nothing is. Exactly. Yeah, well put. It's just their just their ploy to uh, slip things under without people really seeing the true nature of what they're doing. Yeah, so. it's actually... It's it, it, like, it's, uh, again, it puts people into fear and anxiety because then yeah. people soon become worried about what they're going to say. If they say what they think, are their friends still going to talk to them, all that kind of thing. Sure. So um, uh, we all need to put the big pants on for what's um, ahead, I think, and just really really be convicted in how we feel and how we see things and be more informed and um, really you know, choose where we where we sit and stand by it sort of thing. Um, it's yeah. what it's going to take to make change is, is stronger people instead of just and this way of, you know, tossing around with the waves. One thing that I was going to say too, is it's basically like dog training that they have, um, essentially a Pavlovian response for a certain percent of people, uh, on either side. So as soon as they hear the word racism or anti-Semitism or sexism, or you name it, whatever ism, it's then it's a trigger. And what it does is to allow them to 
to essentially not hear what is being said by mm. that individual. So it, it certainly is a good gatekeeper for critical thinking because they just hear that, oh, uh, like MSM, excuse me, mainstream media said that this person's anti-Semitic. So now I know I don't have to listen to them or even think so about it's so MK. It's so MK Ultra, isn't it? Because it's just like there's the triggers, you know. We they sort of tell us that, you know, MK Ultra is this and that, but I think it's, you know, I mean they're using it on the people. They just are. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, for sure. It's been mass exported, hundred percent. Yeah, and and um we're we're not really aware of the fact that we are under their influence as much as we are, which is why right. I keep Harping and harping and harping about get off Netflix, etc. I know it's boring. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to be um, as annoying as hell forever. <laughs> and I did want to say, so Drew said uh, there is a difference between biblical Hebrew versus today's Jews. They aren't the same people. Yeah, I I don't mm, disagree yes, with that. True. Very true. That's that's a whole area of study. Of um, that's a lot of. Uh, I don't disagree, but that's a lot of information to that's not our show no <laughs> that's your show <laughs> that's a deep dive right there and and i do think also robert um sefer does quite a mm -hmm. bit of um of discussing this topic but it's that's a lot it's a lot of information out yeah there, he's so. he's pretty good um mm -hmm. he, he does bring good research hate the way he shows his car off so much but whatever <laughs> <laughs> Um, is that where the subscriptions are going? Oh, you're not yeah. having a midlife crisis, are you, Rob? Anyway, um, yeah, that sort of kind of um, segues to another little thing I just really quickly didn't want to dwell on too much, but we probably will. Um, the movie, the movie called Leave the World Behind, is it? Yes, Leave the World Behind. All right. Now, Apparently the Obamas had quite a bit to do with this. I think it was probably putting money up or whatever, and they were consulted, like they were consultants. That's that's about all I know about it. Um, first thing I heard when the Obamas were linked to this movie, I just went, that's odd. Like, that's weird. Does anyone else think that's weird? I don't know. I think that's a bit weird. Um, so there's a reason, or millions of reasons probably. Uh I just want to harp back to something that we've talked about a number of times on this show and on WTF Forum. Shout out to my friends there. Some are in the comments chat right now. Um, about the patents that have been around for a number of years. Um, now, I know that a lot of those patents do go back to the the CRT-type televisions, the big, big fat ones, um, but but uh, I think there are other ones that can possibly involve not so much the LEDs, but, well, it does involve the LEDs because it involves flickering light, et cetera, which is much quicker than the eye can detect. But um, I, okay, so what started this line of thought off was a little bit of a chat that I was having with one of our friends in the Discord propaganda report group. Uh, we sort of just basically were chatting about um, this movie and she said how she's watching the film and Sam Tripoli was saying how it had very bad energy that's unexplainable. Uh, then she says, I started watching the film, I started the movie, barely anything happened, and my cat immediately started acting weird. There is some woo-woo frequency shit. Uh, to which I replied, 
is that the movie that the Obamas were involved in producing, uh, to which she said, yes, it is. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, I think I heard similar things about The Sound of Freedom, apparently, allegedly having some kind of, I don't know, frequency output light output. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen much about it. I mean, it's not like they're going to come out and say, well, this is how we did it. Um, you have to dig. And so that brings me again back to the patent list. Uh, I've spoken at, at length about some of this Hendrikus G. Luce, who was apparently some person who applied for a number of patents along these lines. Um, pulsative manipulation of central nervous systems. So, I mean, we basically, we, we sense the world around us by our nervous system and our endocrine system, which are both under attack. Uh, so I'm just going to read a few of these patents out. Back, okay, so the one I just read, pulsative manipulation of central nervous system, that goes back to 1998. Uh, 2011, control brain state by placing engineered EMF patterns into the AC wiring of a building. What does that remind you of? <laughs> I'll tell you. Havana syndrome. So that's possibly how they did that. Uh, induce desired brain state in person by adding waves into a music file. It's 2014. Manipulation. Subject brain waves. Uh, sorry. Manipulation. I think it's meant to be manipulate subject brain waves via frequencies emanating from computer and TV screens. 2001. I could go on for another hour. I'll still I'll still read a couple more out. There's a whole bunch by this Hendrikus Hendrikus G. Loose person who is you know it's speculated that's a made up character. Uh, so the CIA can hide behind somebody. Um, okay, so 1953 <laughs> reads subject brain waves by applying light stimulation to brain and reading response. Okay, so like if they had that figured out in 1953, you can just imagine where they're at now. Uh, controls human behavior via targeting human brain with ELF, extremely low frequencies, EMFs. That's 2016. See, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I could read out, which is just, you know, some of them by the same people who come back and do another patent a couple of years later because they've made some advances on their previous patent, etc. But again, I will say having a patent doesn't necessarily mean that this stuff has actually been created. Uh, they're just patents, but it doesn't mean they haven't either. <laughs> and I think we only have to look around at some of what the military has. They've already talked about how they've got the, um, you know, the the Jews and the high energy weapons to, you know, for, for military use. And as we know, they get used in other things as well. Yeah. So I was going to chime in here. Um, Drizzle said the Obama's production company made the movie. And yes, I was going to say that, that they're part of who produced the movie. There's definitely some race fading that took place in the movie as well. There's the comment that you can't trust white people. Um, mm. So one of the things though, on this particular topic that I wanted to, to talk about was that in the movie itself, 
so this is an analysis by Vigilant Citizen. And it said on several occasions, people are paralyzed by a loud noise. The redneck prepper played by Kevin Bacon says it's not all that dissimilar to what happened in Cuba a while back. Microwave weapons, they call it, produces a kind of radiation that can be beamed out through sound. Some people lost their teeth, too. And mm -hmm. then uh, Vigilant Citizen goes on to say that in uh, 2000, let me shrink this down here. In 2018, they posted an actual U.S. government file about remote mind control. This stuff is real, and they want us to know it. So mm -hmm. it has um, a little bit of a, gra a graph here or a visual, and it talks about microwave hearing, transparent eyelids, artificial tinnitus, forced manipulation of airways, including externally controlled forced speech, wildly racing heart without calls, forced memory blanking. And there, uh, there's a lot on this. I'm not going to read everything, but it says the first unclassified successful transmission of the human voice directly into the skull of a living person was performed by Dr. Joseph C. Sharp of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research in 1974. That's the voice of God technology. Hmm. Okay. By transforming a hypnotist voice using the uh, Lowry silent sound or Smirnov scramble methods used in the Gulf War, it's possible to hypnotize a target without the target being aware from hiding, leaving zero trace or evidence. So basically they, they do a good little deep dive here, kind of on the stuff that you're talking about. It's not mm, exactly yeah. the same, but it is. And then it talks about in the movie, the, the guy actually loses his teeth. It says Archie mm. who represents the future of men in America becomes sick and loses his teeth due to the attacks. Like his father, he is rendered useless. 1996 makes voices emanate from individuals who do not intend or realize it, a ventriloquist effect. It's interesting they point out the teeth too, because there's another one here, uh, patent number US 6239705B1 from 2001, intraoral electronic tracking device that can be implanted in teeth and dentures, etc. Now <laughs> they think of it. They think of everything, don't they? This is something crazy that um the guy who actually got me waking up, he talked about that. He thought that his father's teeth had been meddled with because he was in the military. And this was years mm. ago he told me about this. Yeah. Right. Um so this may actually be worth an entire episode on really and I do have to start winding us down as much as I would like to talk about this, because this article also has a ton of other stuff that I'd like to talk about in this movie. Uh -huh. um, but I do have to wind down. However. Okay. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I won't be participating quite so much in Not Your Mama's News this year um, because well, there's a lot of reasons, actually. I, I Basically, I need the time back in the middle of my week at this point. Um, I've got to try to reinvent myself a little bit with uh, business, etc. cetera. So um, uh, I probably won't leave you high and dry, though. I was, I was sort of thinking maybe I can just do a, like a once-a-monthy gig, something like that, like maybe the end of the month. Because yeah. uh, I don't want to sort of, you know, I mean, I don't particularly want to do this, but I just sort of, I kind of have to in a practical sense. So, right. um, so yeah. Um, I'll still sort of keep in touch and everything, but uh, hopefully uh, some other people will step up and <laughs> you'll get some guests or something and things will carry on as usual. Um, but 
so yeah, probably the end of the month I'm sort of going to head for, I think. So uh, yeah, it's been lots of fun. Not saying goodbye or anything, just saying um, I'll see you in a bit, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. As format goes. You know, and you and I have talked about this some as well. And I figured that, you know, at the very least, maybe take a a little time off, take a little step back and just kind of see how you, you know, how you feel, how it goes. And um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to, you know, work and what's not going to. So as you say, it's just sort of a time thing. Uh, I I also, you know, I think it's... (laughs) I sort of don't want to speak against the principle of the show or anything, but I, I personally need to get my head right away from the news a little bit. Like I, I don't really look at the news. The only reason that I do is generally is for this show. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to be completely 100% cut off from everything. Of course, that's impossible almost, but I just don't want to have to look at things <laughs> and do lots of research that I'm just normally – it's such crap. I mean, it's yeah. just – you know, particularly in Australia at the moment, it's sort of like, oh, man, trying to find something that's not, you know, boring as bat poo um, or just so stupid or or just unimportant, whatever. I don't know. I just, the whole thing, I just need to unplug from the news. I'm so over the um, propaganda at the moment. Um, I Probably maybe I might even bring something along those lines, right, maybe rather than bring a news Item, I might bring maybe a propagandary type thing or something like that because all I'm really interested in is exposing, you know, putting a spotlight on the, the bull really and exposing people that need to, that are in the shadows or whatever, just like the rest of us, just like everybody else. I'm nothing special. So that's all I really want to do. And uh, on a collective energy kind of level, I don't particularly want to participate in um, the news loop, the endless echoes of news, putting my energy into it. So that's just my personal feelings. Not judging anyone else. Um, so there. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um... but I really appreciate. Yeah, it's been. I love the interaction that you know people are bringing with the comments and the chat and everything. It's it's heaps of fun. Um, so yeah. please uh, support whoever's left. I mean, Ashley's obviously going to keep going. I guess. Are you? I didn't even ask. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's my plan for now is to keep the yeah. keep the show running over here and. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. If, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how, you know, viable necessarily it'll be if it's just me here. Um, and I know some, it's not always, it's not always like that, but we, we just don't know. So we're just going to see, we'll see how it goes. Throw it to the wind. We don't always have to have everything completely planned out perfectly. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm not going away fully. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> yeah, not going away fully. I just need a little bit of time back. I've, I'm actually falling a little bit behind in some of the things that I need to do and I just need to get my act together a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so that, that this is like bang in the middle of my week and sort of takes pretty much basically a whole day out. So that's because, you know, I like to be a little bit prepared and whatever. It's, that's my own fault for putting <laughs> a lot into it. But um, yeah. so that's, that's the reality. Cool. And we'll, we're going to play by ear and, um, you know, of course you and I are going to keep working together in other capacities. So, um, Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving union of the unknowns. I'll still be doing that, right. but that's, you know, that's only what a couple of times a month or something. So yeah, I'm still, yeah. You haven't got rid of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we'll be, Oh, Drizzle said you have entire communities to draw. Yeah. On, Ashley. Yeah. yeah. I figured sure. you'll be right. You'll be right. Yeah, so we will, um, you know, we're just going to see where it goes. And you may decide after having a a couple weeks of downtime that, you know, maybe you 
like you said, once a month or something like that, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll say I'll, I'll, I will do the once a month thing just so, yeah. you know, keep my finger in the pie sort of thing in that sense. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, see how things go. Yeah, we will. We will. Time um, will tell. But at, at any rate, I have been very happy to do this episode with you. I've enjoyed it. Uh, we've done a little more, you know, a little less newsing, a little more discussing, and it has been a lot of fun. And I certainly appreciate everyone in the chat. Always love seeing you people yes. there. Really appreciate that. And um, yeah, so I've highly enjoyed it. And I look forward to working with you again soon, Stella, probably maybe this weekend. Uh, very possible. Yeah. Highly probable, in <laughs> fact. <laughs> you can't keep me away. <laughs> yep, definitely. And uh, I'm going to probably try to jump on the WTF forum. So I yeah, think yeah, we'll good. Be in good shape. Um, all righty. Well, having said that, I guess we will wind this one down. Um, thank you for being here, Stella. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you later. Ah, yes. Well, thank you, everybody, and hope you had a good New Year's and all that stuff, and uh, have a great week. Love your guts. <laughs> Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.